What a privilege we have today. Amen. The sun is shining outside, a fit emblem of our God's glory, compared to the crescent moon on the top of mosques of 1.2 billion ignorant Muslims. We worship a God who says he is a sun and a shield, Amen. and that his son is the son of righteousness. Right. He is the greater light that rules over all the lesser lights of the gods of the heathen. And we get to celebrate and worship him today. Amen. We have no liturgy. Hallelujah. Most other churches are constrained by a liturgy. That means a written program for their church services that tells them what songs to sing, what passages of scripture to read, and what to preach. We have nothing like that. We can do anything we want within the constraints of Scripture. Right. We don't care what others do. We don't care what all other Baptist churches do. Who in the world wants to be like all other Baptist churches? We want to be like David. Amen. He never did anything ordinarily. That's why he danced with all his might and was ridiculed by the previous king's daughter. That's why he wanted to build a palace to God instead of letting him remain in a tent. We want to be different. We want to be like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wasn't like the other apostles. He labored more abundantly than they all. We want to give God the best that we can. That's why we have fatted calf feasts. And that's why we do other things. But we have no liturgical restraint or constraint today. We have no denominational format to restrict our activities. So for the whole day... It's to celebrate God for who he is Amen. and what he has done. And what he has done for us is last and least right. because his greater works are outside us Amen. and we want to think of them. In light of Thanksgiving Day, which praises others rather than God, we will make up for it right here over the next few hours. Amen. I am so sick of our recent president's wanting to thank military on Thanksgiving Day. Thanking those unemployed men who volunteered to go into the military on Thanksgiving Day is kind of blasphemy. They have Veterans Day. They have Memorial Day. Thanksgiving Day is to God. It is not to first responders. We don't care about ambulance drivers making minimum wage. They have nothing to do with our well-being in America. Right. It is God that preserves. Amen. It is not farmers that bring us our grain. It is God that gives us our grain. Amen. They plant, they water, but God gives the increase. Right. Let's make sure that on Thanksgiving Day and every day of the year, because in everything we're supposed to give thanks, Amen. that we give thanks to the right source, and that's to God. Men do nothing for us in comparison to him. We don't thank mothers on Thanksgiving Day. They have Mother's Day. We don't thank anyone, but we thank God. And I appreciate the early proclamations where our first fathers identified the fact that it was Almighty God that blessed every area of success and prosperity of the country, and they never blessed those in those respective industries or trades or professions. We want to make a difference. We're, I'm talking about those who profess to be Christians, right. not knowing that all the thanksgiving should go up to heaven. In our much singing today, 
you should fervently present the words as gifts to God from you and from us as we sing congregationally. The Lord wants you to sing, first of all, with a joyful noise, then with a loud noise, then with a skillful noise, if you have the skill. If you don't have the skill, don't worry about number three. Give him number two and number one. Joyful and loud. That's what it says in the Word of God. And if your heart is right, that's what you want to do. The world yesterday celebrated collegiate football rivalry week, and they did it very loudly. And they did it very joyfully for nothing. We get to do it loudly, joyfully, and skillfully for the God of heaven. He loves singing. He invented singing. He wants us to sing. Praise is comely for the upright. It's a beautiful thing. It's in both Testaments. We sing praise to his glorious name. In our much praying today, the goal is to present words of praise about God himself. Many men are going to pray. We're going to sing many songs. I'm going to preach many sermons. It's going to be to to celebrate God's glory. I'm not going to glorify God today as much as explain to you that he wants to be celebrated. He expects to be celebrated and how we can celebrate him and focusing on that word, that biblical word, celebrate. We don't celebrate like Roman Catholic priests are celebrating this morning. They celebrate the Mass. Those priests this morning are called the celebrant because they think they can turn a cracker into God, and that's what they celebrate. We are going to celebrate God himself. And his nature, his character, his works, his will, his glory, his splendor, everything about him. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God beside Jehovah. In Isaiah chapters 40 through 48, he looked to see if there were any other gods, and he couldn't find any. And we love that about him. And we love the boasting that he went through in Isaiah 40 through 48. We love the boasting that we're supposed to do in God. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. And that is what we want to do today with the voice of triumph. Do you know how loud men get when they win a victory? Do you know what kind of shouting took place in VE Day and VJ Day at the end of World War II? It's loud. It's joyful. It's triumphant. And those are biblical words with the shout of triumph. So today, the whole day is dedicated to it today. You're going to see that the format's a little different. and We don't care because the Bible doesn't have a format for a church service. And I want all of you young men to remember that. Don't ever let this church in the future fall into some rut because some other Baptist church or all other Baptist churches do it a certain way. We can do it any way we want as long as we glorify God and we don't want to do it the way they do it because they're not giving God exceptional praise. Exceptional praise means it's not done by other people. And that's why we do some of the things that we do. We do not want to be exceptional for our praise. We want to be exceptional for his praise. We are nothing. Stand with me. Praise God from whom all blessings
O Lord God Jehovah, our Almighty Father in heaven, we bless Thee. We praise Thee. We extol Thee. We adore Thee. Thou art thrice holy and dwellest among the cherubim in the holy heaven. We come before Thee in the righteousness of Thy Son and little of our own. And we freely confess we are far more undone than Isaiah said when he saw thee in thy glory. Thou hast made all things, and for thee and thy pleasure they were created, even the wicked for the day of evil. And we worship thee as the potter of all. There is no God like unto thee, and there is no God beside thee at all. Allah of Islam is no God at all, but rather the imagined moon God of the Arabians. We do not confuse thee with their imagination or any other pretend God or deity. Thou alone art Jehovah. I am that I am. Infinitely independent, invisible, immortal, eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, and absolutely sovereign. We thank Thee, Almighty God, for putting in our hearts the worship of today. We are the least of all Thy people and have nothing to bring Thee but our praise. And that we do bring gladly and happily and joyfully and with great enthusiasm and desire and delight in Thee, Heavenly Father. We confess our sins before Thee and beg Thee to forgive us, lest we hinder our worship and our sacrifices that we bring to Thee this day. We beg Thee to prepare our hearts further and to lift them up toward heaven and toward spiritual things and toward Thy resplendent beauty. For Thou dwellest in a light that no man can approach unto. And we pray that you will lift us up as close as we can get to thee, that thou mightest hear the words of our lips as we praise thee this day. We beg thee to receive our feeble worship into thy dwelling place in heaven. And we ask nothing more of thee this day, for thou knowest any needs that we have. We thank thee, Father in heaven, for thy wisdom and power displayed in the gift of thy Son, for our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, without whom we cannot and will not and ever will approach unto thee. Now, Heavenly Father, we beg thee to send fire to consume our offerings and our sacrifices. No, Lord, not the fire that you sent down for King Solomon to consume his great quantity of animal sacrifices, but we pray for the fire of Pentecost that you will send down your Holy Spirit to enable us and to lift up our hearts and our minds and to sanctify everything that we do, that it will be made acceptable through Jesus Christ our Lord and come up into thy holy dwelling place. In Jesus' glorious name, we pray 
and offer up these sacrifices of celebration this day. In Jesus' glorious name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our first song is in the red, in the burgundy, excuse me, in the burgundy, number 357, and Brother Newell will lead us. Hope you've got your vocal cords limber, because we want to offer the praise to the Lord. I always thought, coming out of high school, because I remember a specific game where I came out, and I was hoarse afterwards because of cheering. I always thought what a glorious thing it would be to end a church service sometime with the same kind of hoarseness because I'd given it all there. How close can we get to that today, brethren? We want it loud. We want it fervent. 357. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah.
Amen. Amen. Brother David Smith, if you'd like to come and lead us, a word of prayer. Good morning, brothers and sisters. It is good to be in the house of the Lord and to celebrate the Lord Jehovah, our God, our great God and Father. Yes. Okay. King Eternal. Heavenly Father, I just wanted to praise you this morning in front of, with my brothers and sisters about there's so many aspects and attributes, uh, your character and your nature to, to focus on. It's overwhelming, but I wanted to focus just briefly on you, your eternal nature, Father. Yes. Um, 1 Timothy, uh, verse 17, now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Lord, um, King Eternal, I just, I, I, I love uh, your eternal nature, Father. Yes. Amen. Um, I love that you're immortal and that before I existed and after I existed, and if I live, if you bless me to live 70 years, that um, you are going to continue, that you're the God of old. Yes. You're the God of Jacob. You're immutable. Um, I just love, and it's hard for me to articulate with words, your eternalness. Yes, I love you just because you are, Father. It's so yes. humbling. Yes. Um, it's so humbling, and, and I just, you are the source of all my pleasure and joy. Um, in uh, Psalm 90, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thus thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Amen. I love declarative statements about you, Lord, yes. like that, Amen. that thou art yes, God. Um, no explanation at all. It's just you are. And I just, I revel in that. I glory in you, Lord. I want to boast about you. And just, I wish I could share my, share that about, with everybody about you, just how, just that you're eternal and that you're God. It's just overwhelming. Yes. Um, Romans 11.36 says, For of him, for of you, God, and through him, through you, God, and to you, and to him, God, are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. I just love that everything is from you, about you, and it comes back to you. It's all about you, Lord. It's not about us. Amen. Um, I love that, and... I wish I could find this other part in the Bible, but I'm just going to talk about it. It talks about, in the, in the Bible, Lord, about us being grass and that, you know, the sun, we flourish for a while and then, yes. and then we fade away. Yes. And Lord, it brings tears to my eyes. It comforts my soul in, in just a very interesting way that I, I, it's hard for me, like I said, to articulate. But I love that, like I said, before I existed in time that you have always been there yes. right. and that you you did create me in time and that yes i will be glorified one day uh, by your favor lord through the lord jesus christ but i just love that two thousand years ago or four thousand years ago there were men just like me on the earth that they've come and gone they praised your name and that after i leave in another 20 years or so or however long you see fit that the next generation will be here doing the same thing it's just yeah. so comforting to my soul lord I love that you are the God of old, the God of Jacob, that you're the King Eternal, and uh, I, I wish I could do better justice to you, Father, but I love that. I wanted to share that before my brothers and sisters, your children, and uh, much glory, Lord. 
and uh, I love you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, David. It was articulate enough. We can never, we can never express the heart when it's full of joy with God. And it says so in the Bible. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. We're going to sing a song shortly where we're going to sing that he is ineffably sublime. And ineffably means, eh, we can't articulate it. We're going to sing it. Beautiful prayer. He sees the heart. That's what matters to him the most. Sermon number one. We have 12 segments to run through today, 12 sermons, 12 songs, 12 prayers. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 38. My goal in preaching today is not so much to identify what makes God glorious, but to identify that he wants to be glorified. I have preached before on the glory of God, and I would recommend the long sermon series Knowing God, if you want to delve into the details and depths of what the Bible tells us about him. Isaiah chapter 38, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 38, verses 18 and 19. For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. In this chapter, which is the third account of it in the Bible, this particular event is in the Bible three times for our learning. God told Hezekiah when he was 39 years old that he would die. But he prayed and God gave him 15 more years. These two verses are part of his reasoning with God in prayer about his purpose and need for more life. That if he were to die, he couldn't praise God and he couldn't celebrate God. This is our text. We want to celebrate God because Hezekiah, one of God's favorite kings of Judah, one of the four favorite kings, wanted to celebrate God. And that's the choice that God, by the Holy Spirit, allowed for us to have in our Bibles. And so we're going to think today about celebrating God because the words are, death cannot celebrate thee. Not death cannot celebrate our national holidays. Death cannot celebrate my accomplishments. Death cannot celebrate your blessings to me. Death cannot celebrate thee. And so that's our emphasis today. He reasoned with God in verse 18 that he could not praise or celebrate God if he was dead in the grave. He reasoned with God in verse 19 that he could use longer life to emphasize praise and to convey the truth to the next generation. From this text, we derive our purpose in life, why we're alive, why you exist. And it is different from what the world says, and it is different from what your flesh and mind suggest to you. It is to glorify him. It is to celebrate God. Who among us will be chief 
in this great privilege to celebrate God. Who will be chief? You should be able to run down through a church directory and know who celebrates God more than others and who celebrates God less than others. Who has praise to God flying off their lips. David was different. Paul was different. We want to be like David and Paul. Who among us will be chief in this great privilege to celebrate God? God will delightedly bless him or her. John 10 fits next Sunday just fine. And I hope you can leave it there with me. I am all prepared to preach from the first to the last verse in John chapter 10, but God changed my direction about the middle of this past week. As pardoned and adopted children of God, the recent preaching on hell is not the final word. The final word is that God has sent his son Jesus Christ to deliver us from the wrath to come. Hell is an absolute fact, but we only know about it. We only know about hell because God was so good to give us his word. Our glorious God is the potter of humanity and has destined the elect among us to everlasting glory. Amen. He has saved the true believers here this morning from coming wrath, and they owe him everything. All, right. All creatures owe him everything. And I love the song that we sang that says, And if my soul were sent to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. You should come to grips with those words, believe them, embrace them, and submit to them. Because if God chooses to do that with you as a vessel of wrath, he is still the potter and you are still the clay. You can tell him that while you're being dropped into the bottomless abyss of hell, you'll be screaming and shouting his praise and thanksgiving that you knew him as much as you did. I can promise you that such souls are not sent to hell. The ones going to hell are blaming God for going there when it's entirely their fault that they're going there. We should celebrate God that is so great that he can and does treat men like pieces of pottery for himself. That's how great he is, and that's how less and little and insignificant we are. Our nation is celebrated this last week due to the national holiday, but they celebrate wrong things. They celebrate Thanksgiving Day by not working, eating like gluttons, and watching football games. The NFL does not play football games during the day, other than Sunday, any other time of the year, but to distract people from thanking God on Thanksgiving Day. I want you to know that about the NFL. They are out to destroy the worship of God. Thanksgiving Day has turned into Turkey Day. It's turned into a day off work. It's turned into a day of frivolity. It's turned into a day of fun. It's turned into a day of thanking the military. I've said enough about that. That is the most ridiculous concept I have ever heard. The military does not save any nation. God saves nations. A prince prepared, a horse prepared for battle is no match without the Lord's blessing. Even Christians celebrating Thanksgiving put most or all the emphasis on what they get from God. Well, we want to thank God for giving us this. We want to thank God for giving us that. That's good. That's in the Bible. Hear me. 
because I'm going to ridicule it. That's good. That's in the Bible. But that isn't celebrating God. What if he didn't give you anything? Would you still celebrate him? I hope you would and I hope I would. Because he wouldn't have changed. His word, his will, his works, his promises, his nature, his character, nothing would have changed. Except your little circumstances. What are you talking about? A vehicle in the driveway? Food in the refrigerator? Are you kidding? You are describing the very smallest things measurable on planet Earth. You're talking about your children? You're talking about your grandchildren? The smallest things measurable on Earth. Dogs, cats, hyenas have children and grandchildren. What if God took everything away? Would you still celebrate God? Those are little tiny tokens, and in heaven they're not even going to exist. In comparison to God. We're not going to be married in heaven. You're not going to have a family in heaven. The whole family of God is going to be your family in heaven. And it's all going to be centered on our Father. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. They celebrate Black Friday by shopping and thinking themselves prudent. They celebrate Sunday, Saturday by cheering for their college football team during rivalry week. Let us celebrate God today and make up for their folly. God told Abraham that if he could find ten righteous souls in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would spare all the cities of the plain. Let's celebrate God today, and if God were to look upon us as righteous souls and preserve this nation for another decade, let him do that for us. We have appealed to him that way for nearly 40 years. Let us review celebrating God from the Bible and let us sing and pray between preaching segments about it. Effort has been made to keep things as simple as possible to focus attention and affection on God. Celebrate. To speak the praises of. This is the English definition of the word celebrate. To speak the praises of. So you got to speak them. Extol, publish the fame of. To make publicly known, to proclaim. That is to celebrate something. To shout out that a victory has been accomplished. To shout out that someone's been gr- that someone is great, and to glory and exalt and to praise and to worship that being. Celebrate in the Hebrew is halal, giving us our hallelujah and giving us our words praise that come to us from Hebrew into English as praise. That's where we get hallelujah, because when you look at hallelujah, that is a Hebrew word, converted to English, translated into English, hallelujah, is that Hebrew word for praise and celebration. And on the end is Jah, to celebrate Jehovah, to praise Jehovah. That's what the word hallelujah means. And so at the beginning and the end of Psalms, in the hallelujah section of the Psalms, it starts off praise ye the Lord and ends with praise ye the Lord. And both of those words in the Hebrew are Hallelujah. We have Lord, but it's in all caps to tell us that's Jehovah being identified there. And that is in Hebrew, the word celebrate. And there's other variations and there's other shades of meaning about that word that include dancing and going around in a circle and dancing like David did with all his might before the Ark of the Covenant. 
But it is, it is to praise and extol and to use your mouth and to lift up and shout. Well, we're going to find the word shout in the Bible, and it's to glorify our great God. Right. You know, the world does it for all kinds of things, and they sure do shout. You know, there were, there were men, women yesterday that painted themselves different colors, the colors of their team, and they're shouting until they're hoarse, and they're blasting away on musical instruments. They're doing everything, making all the noise that they possibly can for a strange-shaped ball that never bounces just the way they want it to. Alabama, the number one team in the country, lost yesterday. But your employer won, so be thankful. And we don't care. Our God always wins. I love being on the winning side. And I don't like close games. You all know that about me. I like dominion. Yes. And, we, and he dominates. Right. He dominates in every conceivable measure and aspect of his being and performance. He dominates. Celebrate is to adore, bless, boast, extol, honor, praise, and worship God joyfully and passionately. It involves the use of your mouth and tongue, for they were given to you to give glory back to him. That's right. why they're called your glory because you can give God glory by your singing and shouting. It involves the use of singing, because God has chosen intelligent words honoring Him to be conveyed that way. When the military sings a song, when a military sings a good military song, it doesn't take but a few minutes, and the average soldier is ready to go lay down his life for his country and for his buddies on both sides of him. They will charge a hill because they have just sung about their nation. And it doesn't matter what nation you're from. Other nations actually sing and get committed a little more than Americans do. Just don't think that Americans are the best soldiers on earth. They may, may be the best equipped, but other nations as well have a deity. Other nations as well have a national song and have military hymns that they sing. And they're going to lay down their lives for their fatherland. And they're going to lay down their life for their emperor. And I'm thinking of World War II in both of those respects. So it involves the use of singing because God chose singing. And we're going to love singing because he chose it. It is part of worship to celebrate and to sing in both testaments and a prominent aspect of the throne room of God in heaven. There's three choirs in Revelation chapter 5. We've been over that before. We are going to sing a lot today, and ordinary singing will not cut it. So let's make a loud noise to God, as you did already. We're going to sing a lot today, and ordinary singing doesn't cut it. Let's do it joyfully. The average Baptist church today has so much instrumentation supplied that the people just stand there and mouth the words. They do not sing. When I go on vacation, I visit these other churches, it is so pitiful. The average church doesn't sing much anymore. Because even if you have the old conservative instruments of a piano and an organ with big pipes and the volume turned up, it's overwhelming. Who needs to sing? You can't hear them anyway. We're going to hear us, and the Lord's going to hear us, and we're not sending him some dead sound from a dead instrument. He doesn't want that in the New Testament. He wants the intelligent formation of words presented to him with a melody from our voice. That, is, that originates in our hearts, where God has put grace to know Him, to love Him, and to want to celebrate Him. 
Your singing should reflect your spirit. Look at Psalm 47. Psalm 47. And the first sermon is almost done. Lord, we want to celebrate you. We want you to show us in your word that you love celebration and you love being celebrated. Psalm 47 and verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Those are, this is inspired scripture. And if we don't exactly do that today, at least in the fervency of your heart, you can do exactly that. Look at 92 and verse 4. Psalm 92 and verse 4. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy works. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Again, I mentioned triumph brings out the greatest volume, the greatest joy, the greatest thanksgiving, the greatest relief, the greatest pleasure, because there's been a victory. So it's with triumph that 92.4 tells us, with gladness and triumph, we celebrate God. Look at 106 and 47. Psalm 106 and verse 47. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Let us triumph in celebrating God today. We will now sing number 38 in your red hymnals. 38 in our red hymnals. Daniel Crosby, if you'd like to come, pray for us now. Let's go to the Lord. Dear, great, and glorious Father in heaven, yes. I am that I am. Yes. All other things 
are what we say they are, or what some man has imagined in his mind. Lord, you alone are I am. Amen. We thank and praise your name, Lord, for you are glorious. We can't even describe how magnificent you are to us, Lord. Our, our language is not beautiful enough to describe you. Yes. But Lord, we do love you. Yes. Lord, I first ask you forgive us for our sins, for thinking of you sometimes as a blessing dispenser only. Yes. Lord, forgive us for getting our priorities out of line yes. and praising your name only when you do things for us. You have already, you are alone without us, awesome That's in everything, amen. in all things. Yes. Lord, forgive us. Psalm 18, Lord, is a favorite in this church. But Lord, let us remember that the first part of that is more important. In verse 3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Yes. It doesn't matter what else happens. Lord, yes. you are amazing. You yes. deserve all our praise and glory. Help us to, once again, Lord, shift our mind to higher ground, Lord, but we want to praise you as we should, for you yes. alone are excellent in everything. Yes. Do not let us get confused or distracted in thinking about the things that we can get from you. Yes, Lord. Lord, we love you. Help us to celebrate you. Forgive us yes. for celebrating the stupid things in this world. It is less than vanity, Lord. Help us to always look to you right. and to celebrate you, yes, the I am that I am. It's yes. in your holy son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Why do you exist? Why are you breathing? Using God's precious air. Wasting his precious food. Why do you exist? Why do I exist? It is not for the things mankind exalts. Education, sports, riches, family, society, what good we can do for mankind. All those things. It's not for those things. It's not for what your flesh imagines. The world celebrates all kinds of things, persons, events, circumstances. We exist for God's glory. Amen. God didn't need to make us. We didn't force God to make us. No one forced God to make us. He didn't need to make us. He didn't need you. He didn't need me. You don't add anything to him. I don't add anything to him. No matter what you do, you can't take anything away from him. He didn't need you. He didn't need the angels. He doesn't need their strength. He can speak and it is done. He doesn't need executors of it. Why did he make the angels? Why did he let half of the angels sin and not provide a redeemer for them? For his glory, everything is for his glory. Amen. You exist for God's glory, and he specified how he wants you to fulfill your destiny. Right. Proverbs 16.4, look at it, you know it. I hope everyone in here could say it. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 4, it's one of the first verses children ought to learn because it's a worldview verse. Children ought to learn the worldview. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's a good worldview. Amen. The last two verses of Ecclesiastes 12. This is a good worldview. Proverbs 16, 4. The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. God has made wicked men. He didn't make men wicked. He has made wicked men that made themselves wicked for the great day of evil, which is his judgment that he's going to pour out upon them. Revelation 4.11, which our young brother Colin used to open our prayer meeting in the back room this morning with the men. 
Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and blessing and honor, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You were created for the Lord. You were created for God's pleasure. You weren't created for your pleasure. You were created for His pleasure. And the more you pray to get pleasure out of life, instead of giving Him pleasure, you miss your priority. I wish that we all could have the overriding goal every day of giving God pleasure instead of how much pleasure can I get? Americans are pleasure mad. And the Bible says that Christians and churches would so degenerate that they would reach a point where they were lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Let's love God and see what pleasure we can give Him. It does not matter what mundane things you have to do during the day, mother. He sees every one of those, and if you do it as unto Christ, it's done to Him. Every man that goes to work tomorrow and works, no matter what mundane task you're given, if you do it as unto the Lord, you're serving the Lord Christ. Colossians 3 tells us that in its last four verses. Let's give everything to the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, in singleness of heart, as unto Christ, fervently, heartily, as unto Him. Thou art worthy. We'll get to that point in a, in a minute. Thou art worthy, O Lord, Amen. to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things for Thyself, for Thy pleasure, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. If you do not give Him glory actively, He will get glory from you passively and painfully. If you do not give Him pleasure, honor, glory, and celebrate Him actively, He will get honor and glory and pleasure from you passively, and it will be painful. He gets glory from the smoke of the torment of those in hell. He gets glory from crushing his enemies. Let's not be any of those. Let's give him glory actively. He is jealous, and his name jealous. So we're answering the question, why do you exist? Existentialism. Simply put, worshiping ourselves because we exist. Where did that existence come from? You can think within yourself about yourself. It is a unique ability God has given us. And you can think about the issue, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Why do I exist? And you should think about it. It's for the Lord and He alone that we exist. For His glory. That's why we exist. He gave us existence that we might know the existent one. I am that I am, as was just prayed by Daniel. He he isn't the result of anyone or anything. He just always existed. We are the sheep of His pasture and His people. And He hath made us and not we ourselves. We're very different from Him. Our existence was granted by Him, and our existence should return to Him in the praise that we give Him. He is named Jealous with a capital J in the Bible because He does not want glory given to anything else but to Him. And so that's why you exist. 
The first and great command says it quite plainly. What is the first and great commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. It is not to love your family. That is a sick, sentimental woman. It is not to love your family. The first commandment is not to love your spouse. The first commandment is to love the Lord thy God and to do with all thy soul, might, strength, mind, body, everything you have. And if you are doing that, then you will love the other parties in your life that you're supposed to love because loving God means keeping his commandments. You have no better purpose or daily goal than to walk with God and to delight in him. Does everything give you delight? Does salt give you delight? Who in the world created salt and who moved man to find it and who moved man to put it on my table for about, what is it, 10 cents a pound? And it's fantastic stuff for the white of an egg. Does everything... Do you love everything and see God in it? The sun this morning. Did you see his face behind the sun? That is just a little token of his glory. Everything. Little Gabriella's eyelashes. Little things. Do you see God's glory in everything? And do you want to give him glory? Okay, how do we celebrate him? When was the last time you were on your deck? Lord, you're magnificent. And had the police called by your neighbors. (laughs) Not yet. Do you shout? That's to celebrate him. You shout when you're celebrating anything else? Do Do you beat something? Do you punch the air? Do you clap your hands? Lord, that's beautiful. The blue sky, the change in temperatures, all of it's the the glory of God revealed to us for little tokens, for us to glorify Him, for us to celebrate Him. We can celebrate everything. Adrenaline, sweat, exercise, food, taste, sweet, salt, meat, carbs, fat, fat, fat. Celebrate it. Tell the Lord that you love bacon, that you thank him for Jesus dying on the cross so you can slice up pigs real thin, but not too thin, because you'll like thick bacon better. Everything. Go celebrate. Celebrate every day. I get to be a wife. Thank you, Lord, for making me a wife. Thank you, Lord, that you gave me a husband that loves Jehovah God. Thank you for letting me be his cheerleader today. I'm going to cheer him, but first of all, I want to cheer you because you're my husband, and when I see you, he will not be my husband. And I love you first and most. Celebrate. Your purpose is simple, and it's singular overall. Your legacy should be simple and singular overall. He delighted in God above all others. Let's all have tombstones that say that. He delighted in God above all others. That's your legacy. Your duties in life are second to the first goal. And if you keep the first goal right, it'll make you successful in the other goals in your life. In your red hymnal, number 166... 
Thank you, Cutler family, for pushing us toward this song. One sixty six in our red hymnals. <coughs> One trusting
My son Matthew, please come and lead us in another prayer. Our Father, your greatness, your being, your works are beyond comprehension, let alone beyond us speaking. And I am thankful, Lord, for you sending your spirit already to brothers who have made it so much easier for me that I would not have to spend 30 minutes talking about various things, but they would instead speak those things before me. So, Father, I am thankful that you are impossible in the things that you do and who you are. That you are the God that not only dwells in a light which no man can approach unto, but you dwell in the thick darkness. And that you can do both with no difficulty whatsoever. Our minds cannot contain the idea of how great you are. Father, that you have made lumps of dirt and rock that praise you. by their mere existence, that you have put together balls of gas in the universe that just drift, but speak of your glory and your majesty in their size, in their shape, in their color, in everything about them. And if you set those on fire so that they are stars, they do not consume themselves because you maintain them. That you know each and every one of trillions of names and by your power and your will alone they continue. Lord, you have made the great galaxies so that we can see the shape of them out there, that we can look at them, we can study them, we can see their majesty, and yet theirs is no majesty because they are just merely the work of your fingers. That you can take the largest animal and it speaks your praise. It cannot help but speak your praise constantly in everything it does. And then the tiniest, smallest germ works your will in everything around us. Father, that the cold and the heat both speak of you, that they are your gifts, that you send them abroad and you work with them as you see fit. You can do anything. Father, that we know heaven is full of your presence and your praise forever, and yet in hell thou art there, and it works your praise as well. You can be everywhere in everything, accomplishing your work and your will because you are infinitely great, infinitely large, infinitely present in everything. And we uh, confess and we glory in the fact that we are so tiny and that we can look to a father, a friend who is so great. Lord, thank you for giving us vision of you, for letting us even know that you exist. For Father, All things speak your presence and speak your glory, and yet many are so blind. Father, thank you. Thank you for letting us see you as you are. And we ask that you would help us to magnify you, to make you greater in our lives, in our speech, in our words, in everything around us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, brothers. God loves celebrations. The angels in heaven, holy and sinless creatures dedicated to God, know to celebrate. They rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. There's more joy in heaven over a sinner repenting. They know how to celebrate. Look at Job 38 and verse 7. Job chapter 38. The angels celebrated when God created the heavens and the earth. Do you know that? The angels celebrated. Who's speaking in Job 38? 
God is speaking in Job 38. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Job is asked by the God of heaven in verse 4. Whereupon, verse 6, are the foundations thereof fastened? How is this world held together and what holds it up? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Because every building that Job knew had a cornerstone. What about this earth? Where is its cornerstone? Verse 7, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. What is to celebrate? To shout for joy. Did the angels do it? They did it when God created, when God spoke and there was light. When God spoke and brought the earth into existence, the seas, the dry land, and all that is on this planet. The angels rejoiced in the skies of Judea when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger. Though he was created and sent for elect humanity and not for their fallen peers, Luke 2 verses 8 through 14 is beautiful where that heavenly chorus burst. The skies open over those shepherds and praised God. Glory to God in the highest. He hadn't done anything for them. Can you get excited about God doing something for someone else like they do? They desire to look into the things God did for us. Glory to God in the highest. That is celebrating. They split that place wide open. Oh, Lord, we can't wait. Oh, he's going to do it again soon. The second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord's going to descend with a... Oh, so they like celebration in heaven. The Lord's going to descend with a shout. The voice of some little pitiful angel. The voice of the archangel. And the trump of God. When God unleashes his trumpet sound, you're going to hear it. And you're going to be in a celebrating mood. Let's be in that mood every day of our lives. We can. They rejoiced in heaven when Jesus arrived there for his coronation in Revelation chapter 5. Jesus, God loves celebration. So I start with the angels. They celebrate. They know God loves celebration. Jesus told the apostles to rejoice over their names in the book of life rather than rejoicing about their power to cast out devils. Celebrate. Look at heaven and the angels celebrating the things done perfectly and God gets all the glory there. He created the stars, the sun, the moon, the greater light, the lesser light. He told us what they were for, for days, times, and seasons, but not for weeks because he gave us a week by revelation. Why did he give you a tongue? Why did he invent singing? Why did he give us parables presenting the gospel as a marriage feast made by a king? When England throws a wedding, they throw a wedding. And the whole nation approves. And many in the nation participate. They line the streets by millions. Even when it's a prince. And God used the same example as what it was to be part of the gospel. A wedding by a king. And he has prepared his fatlings. And he wants us to feast and to celebrate with him. But he can close the door if we're not there with our oil as wise virgins. He can close the door or he can examine us if we make light of it and go our own way to our business and other things. Why was David one of God's favorites? Because David loved to celebrate. David wasn't rolled in some wheelchair down Main Street 
When the Ark of the Covenant was moved, David had stripped down his royal robes and was dancing around in a way that would make a profane person ashamed to know him. Oh, I love David. And God loved David. David's the one that invented musical instruments. David invented the choirs. David wrote the songs. David wrote the music. David did it all because David loved to celebrate, and David was God's favorite. And one of the main reasons was he loved to celebrate the greatness of God. Read the Psalms. If you want to just know that you're going to find something great about God, what book of the Bible are you going to turn to? You're going to turn to the Psalms and see David lifting up the Lord. Why did Jesus say that on his last entrance into Jerusalem, if the children stopped shouting Hosanna, who would shout? The rocks rocks would cry out. That is celebration. Jesus didn't tell them, tone it down, folks. I, I like it grave and solemn and sober all the time. He didn't say tone it down. He said, if you stop them, the rocks will cry. Do you cry or are you worse than a rock? How often do you cry out? Everything the Lord has given is good. Everything bad in your life is your fault. He is good. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. He commanded celebrations. Deuteronomy 14, 10% of your gross income for celebrating and getting whatsoever thy soul lusteth after and celebrating there with your family before the Lord. Jesus honored Hanukkah in John chapter 10, verses 22 and 23, which we'll encounter in the next couple of weeks. What do you think the annual feasts in Israel were for? To celebrate. It was a day off work. And it was to rejoice with your family. Oh, that reminds me. There are two other uses of the word celebrate in the Bible. For a total of three. One is Isaiah 38, 18 and 19, where Hezekiah used it personally about what he wanted to do to God. It is used two other times in Leviticus 23, once for the Day of Atonement and once for the Feast of Booths. Because I'm asking you the question, why did God give feasts? I thought he should have given fasts. But he didn't give fasts. He gave feasts. And in Leviticus 23, twice, what were they supposed to do on that feast? Celebrate! The other two uses of that word. What do you think the Sabbath was for? What do you think a jubilee was for? Why was it announced with a trumpet? Not taps. You weren't dying on Jubilee. You were being made alive. Why did he inspire chapters in the book of Esther about the days of Purim? He said, I didn't know about the days of Purim. The days of Purim to be kept every year. And the Jews still keep them to celebrate the fact that genocide was not done against them. But in fact, they were given liberty one day with the king of Persia. And then the next day, for good measure, to go and kill all their enemies. And because the Persian lot was called Pur, the Jews said, let's just go ahead and name our new national holiday Purim to make fun of that lot. Why is that in the Bible? Why did God's church pick a day and call it Purim to celebrate? Because God loves celebration. Why does he send sunshine and food? 
Acts 14, verse 17, what did Paul tell those pagans? God sends sunshine and rain and food to fill our hearts with food and gladness. gladness, part of celebration. He invented sunrises and sunsets and sex and every other good thing that you'll ever have in your life, Amen. and you ought to shout at every one of them. <clears throat> he commands joyfulness, happiness, praise, mirth. He commands those things. Right. Lord, you're good. Amen. Lord, you're great. He invented it all. God loves celebrations. Oh, yes. In your red hymnal, number 295, I must confess that I had a day this past week where I listened to this song a hundred times, give or take a few. And I say to you with the words of the first verse, Awake! Why are you dull? Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Amen. That should get you jacked up. Awake, my soul. Does the Bible say that? It's right. Ephesians 5, verse 14. Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Right. Let's crown him with many crowns. Amen. Stand and sing it. 295 in our red hymnals.
what's the, what's the bad thing about a king, an earthly king? He eventually passes away and goes away, doesn't he? So a good king doesn't last forever. But what about our king? It says in the third verse, the third stanza, his reign shall know no end. What a glorious king we have to serve. My triple brother Stephen, please come and lead us in a word of prayer. Remain standing as I pray and we go to our Lord God in heaven. Our heavenly Father, Lord God, you are holy and righteous and just, Lord. You are magnificent. Lord, forgive us for our sins, Lord. Forgive us as it's already been said, dear Lord, when we look at other things in this world, dear Lord, and we don't see thee as we should, dear Lord. We want to extol thee and and lift you up high, dear Lord. We are thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ because of his righteousness, Lord. We can come before thee boldly, and you will hear our prayers through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, there's one thing I want to extol thee now. I want to read your words and give them to thee, Lord. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. Lord, I'm thankful for your creation. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I am thankful that the elements here are at your bidding, Lord. I think of a time when when there was a great storm on the Sea of Galilee. The Lord Jesus Christ was asleep, and you had hardened fishermen that were fearful for their lives. Yet he spoke the word, and there is a great calm that came upon the seas. Heavenly Father, Lord, we've seen hurricanes this past year down in Florida that have done devastation, Lord, and we know that wherever they went, They were at your bidding. Lord, we know that all these things, Lord, we are thankful for the sunshine that we've been talking about today, dear Lord, but all these things are in your hands, dear Lord, and you direct them where they will, and that just shows your power and your great and how great thou art, dear Lord. Lord, that's a simple thing, but I am thankful that all these things, all the, all the, the rain that falls, the sun that shines, and the the uh, sparrow that falls, dear Lord, yes. you're in control of every single Amen. one of them, right. dear Lord, and we are thankful for that. We great, we want to just praise your name for that simple fact that yes. you're in charge of all those yes. things. Lord, hear our praise. Be magnified, dear Lord, and uh, we pray that you'll be with us this day and hear our prayers, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. God loves celebrations, and God loves being celebrated. He told Haggai to tell Israel, Haggai was the prophet to stir them up to build the temple, the second temple, to tell Israel that he would take pleasure in their temple because God loves being celebrated. He loves having a place where the people of God can come together and shout and sing his praise. God loved David and one feature above others was his constant praise and worship. God himself loves being celebrated. He has a book of remembrance written to bless those that speak of him. In Malachi chapter 3, we're told about it. A view of heaven where all is done perfectly shows us great celebration in that fifth chapter of Revelation. All 14 verses of it, all the way down to, and the four B said, Amen. Amen. 
God sent fire at Solomon's dedication, and his glory filled the house. Solomon was celebrating big time. You've heard the numbers so many times, I think our children should know them. 120,000 sheep and 22,000 oxen were offered, and God had to drop the fire to burn them up so the priests wouldn't have to try to do that to that large quantity of animals, and his glory filled that temple so that the priests could not minister. God loves being celebrated. And what Solomon prayed that day, on his knees, with his hands held up to God, he loved that. And he prayed about God dwelling in a darkness, a thick darkness. And that who in the world could make a house that God would dwell in? Solomon admitted that all the collection and fundraising of his father and all the ingenuity of him and his engineers and the builders, including those sent from Tyre, had built a house. How, why would God take any pleasure in it? But when it is celebrating Him, He takes pleasure in it and He filled that house with glory. The four beasts praised Jehovah day and night without resting. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8 tells us that those four beasts without resting day and night, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which wast, which art, and which art to come. Beautiful. He loves being celebrated himself. He arranged salvation in such a way that no one else will be able to get any glory but he himself alone. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 to the end of that chapter. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Praise is comely. Look at Psalm 33 just to see the reference. Praise is comely for the upright. And so we want to live upright lives And we want to give him praise and celebrate him. Because praise is celebration. When you celebrate, you praise. Psalm 33 and verse 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. It's a beautiful thing. To be comely is to be beautiful, to be attractive. And praise is attractive and beautiful to God. Number 297 in your red hymnal. 297 in your red hymnal. This is an alternative melody to all hail the power of Jesus' name. I'm going to get to the point before this is over that when we praise Jesus Christ, when we glorify Jesus Christ, we glorify God because God has revealed himself through Jesus Christ. Amen. 297.
Amen. Amen. Brother Jonathan Carnell, if you'd like to come and lead us in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for this time where we can come together and be reminded of the purpose of our existence and of many your characters and traits and virtues and values. Before commenting further on yourself, I must confess one particular sin of our nation. Those that we cover in the news so widely, those that we admire for their abilities to pretend to be someone of a fictional nature or to play games. We publicize their accomplishments. Yes. Thank you, John. We view them so highly. Yes. We admire them. We covet the things that they have and the position that they have, their looks, their intelligence, their wealth. And worst of all, we refer to them as celebrities being celebrated. Beautiful. When in fact they're some of the most corrupt, yes. morally depraved, right. yes. foolish members of our society. Yes. And this sin and evil and folly of our nation is that we celebrate them yes. and we've enriched them and made them famous. We confess this evil yes, to thee. Yes. When in fact if there was anyone that should ever be called a celebrity, it would be thee. Yes. Oh Lord, later in your word in Psalm 33, these are a few statements. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Whereas these celebrities expose the evil and secret deeds of one another and hypocritically judge each other's moral behaviors. All of your secret and manifest works are done in truth and in righteousness. He loveth righteousness and judgment. Right. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth. Amen. O Lord, we praise you for this ability of yours, this might, this purity, and your moral nature, and the goodness that you've displayed before us. Yes. Yes, Father. We won't enter into the details of how you could create and then have evil in the hearts of those creatures that you've created. But we know that however it happened, your works were done in truth and righteousness. And the end goal, apparently, is that you had to manufacture opponents to show your greatness. Oh Lord, we thank you for this time. We pray that you would bless the rest of the service to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for your use of that word, celebrity. God expects to be celebrated. Look at Luke 17. In Luke 17, beginning at verse 11, Jesus healed ten lepers and told them to go show themselves to the priests. And when they went to show themselves to the priests, to have it confirmed that their leprosy was gone, one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. With a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? None of us have been cleansed from leprosy. 
We don't need to be cleansed from leprosy. We've been cleansed from something far worse than leprosy. But we don't even need to think about being cleansed from something far worse than leprosy, which is our sins. God created us, as we just heard, and that is sufficient for all of us to celebrate Him. Because He created us. He's the Creator. He's Jehovah. Where are the nine? Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Are you the one, or are you part of the nine? This whole church... Let us all be the one Samaritan with a loud voice glorifying God, falling on our face at the feet of a Jew for that Samaritan. And he did it and he glorified God. The point being, God loves being celebrated and God expects to be celebrated. And this is an example of it. Look at Jeremiah 9, which I gave to you yesterday in the preparatory email. Jeremiah chapter 9, two wonderful verses. God expects us to celebrate him. God expects us to glory in his greatness. And here he identifies some of that. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. This separates the Davids from the others. Right. This separates you. This can separate you if you'll be like this. Jeremiah 9, 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Three things we're not to celebrate. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. God expects to be celebrated. It's easy to celebrate education, educational accomplishments, intellectual accomplishments. It's easy to celebrate strength, athletic accomplishments, as was just mentioned in prayer. It's easy to celebrate professional accomplishments, financial accomplishments, and that's all in verse 23. And God said that is not really the object of celebration. The object of celebration is in verse 24, to glory in this. And notice, it doesn't say, God, that gives you this and that. It's that you know me. It's that you're not worshiping Baal. It's that you're not worshiping Allah. It's that you're not worshiping Vishnu. You know me. And I exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. That's his character being exposed. But it's nothing that you have received from him. That is not what we glory in. We glory in knowing God. The greatest gift God has given you is to know Him. You think it's not going to hell. It's knowing Him. It's a tremendous pleasure. Have you thanked Him for knowing Him? Yes, you can quote to me verses that say it's more important that He knows us than we knowing Him. That is from a passive stand, your passive standpoint, and you are falling back like a fatalist, which I've been trying to preach against in this church, because that is your legal aspect and eternal aspects of salvation. But what about your active participation, your active worship of God, your active celebration of God? It's your knowledge of Him, and He gave that to you for you to celebrate it. God expects to be celebrated because He's revealed Himself to you. In Isaiah chapter 5, 
and I'm not turning you there, but for time's sake, in Isaiah 5, for a number of verses, God says, you, Israel, church, you're my vineyard. I planted you. I removed all the stones. I put a hedge about you. I built a wine press. And when I came looking for grapes, I found wild grapes. Who are the wild ones in here that can't control your mouths? That can't control your moods? That can't control your lives? That can't control what you watch? Let's be sweet grapes for the Lord. I've preached it all before. He asks the question, what more could have been done for my vineyard? If he were to ask us, have I done any more for anyone else than I've done for you? What is our answer? Unanimously. No. You have done more for us than anyone else. What kind of grapes should he get from us? The sweetest grapes that there have ever been. What I am talking about today in celebrating God is a duty of both testaments. In Hosea, some words that we've shared with you before are these. Hosea chapter 14, verse 2. Take with you words. Do you want to make peace with God? It wasn't 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. So we take words pronounced with our lips, and that's what God wants to hear. What stuff does he want to hear? The next verse. Asher shall not save us. Making a confederation with Assyria is not going to help us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless find mercy. Hebrews 13 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles tells us that what we're doing right now is New Testament order as well. Hebrews 13, 15, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The name of the Lord God Jehovah, the fruit of our lips, it's the sacrifice of praise made acceptable by Jesus Christ. God expects to be celebrated, and there's every reason to celebrate Him. In your Burgundy hymnals, number 205. Burgundy, number 205. Burgundy 205. Great is thy faith.
pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Amen. 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 And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Noah walked with God. God yes. said to Abraham, walk before me. Yes. I yes. want us to think and thank God for the fact that he will fellowship with us. Yes. The Apostle John would write in 1 John chapter 1, These things have I written unto you, that ye might have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Fellowship with God. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we praise and worship thee and humbly thank thee for condescending to walk with us. Yes. We are not worthy. We are redeemed sinners at the best. And Lord, we thank you for your redemption. But we thank you for that privilege of knowing thee yes. and walking with thee. Yes. Help us to humble ourselves and be willing to be led and taught and corrected and rebuked. We need that. Yes. May, the, may this day be a day of correction in our own lives so that we have no hindrances in fellowship with thee. Thank you for looking upon us. Thank you for making yourself known to us. Thank you for the scriptures which confirm, encourage, and, and, and prod us to walk with thee. We seek to be that child of God, pleasing to you. We look to you for your blessing, that through this service, great honor and glory comes to thee. And we walk more closely with thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.